look at this team. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast on an OG's Flavoring Friday, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. It is our friends at OG's, not your average cannabis-infused gummy. Check them out, ogbrands.com. Check us out. I'm Johnny Venerable. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast. We are joined by the returning Bull Brock, Damon Dog behind the mic, and Saul Bookman here on a football Friday. Gentlemen, how are we living in studio? Speaking of OGs, I mean, uh, you and I are OGs of this <laughs> of this very podcast, right? Uh, yes, yeah, circa two years ago when <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury was you know bound to get extended and everybody was loving on this team before they won eight games to. in two years. Yes, uh, Saul Bookman and I. One of the one, two of the official members of the PHNX Cardinals podcast, Cliffy boy, man, have times changed for old Cliff is uh, <laughs> he's just going to Vegas like us next week, but Hell he's yeah. going a little bit longer. Is he going to put Will that? Be, you think he'll be on radio row? You think he'll be out there? Oh, no. we can only hope, right? I don't Come think on. so. What's he going to do? Cliff doesn't want to talk to the media. Uh, I don't know, man. You got to break him out sometime, right? What better way to do it than in Vegas? Reintroduce yourself to the NFL masses. I could totally uh, I, see him being on Pat McAfee. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Just like he was when we were at the Combine two years ago. Uh, yeah. Great picture of Saul Bookman and Cliff Kingsbury walking the halls just uh, like 12 hours after that man got extended. And then fast forward a year, he was unemployed. Uh, we're not unemployed. We're here on the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Uh, Bo and Damon are back from the Reese's Senior Bowl. Tremendous insight and coverage. Hope everybody got their fix. Tremendous show yesterday. And uh, before we jump into, gentlemen, our uh, Reese's Senior Bowl risers and fallers, I did want to touch on something atop the show today. Uh, somebody that our GM knows a little bit about, Mr. Caleb Williams. So it was on the Colin Cowherd show yesterday. Colin threw out a little nugget, and he is close to Caleb Williams' camp. Yesterday, he made insinuation that Caleb would not go to Chicago, doesn't want to go to Chicago. Well, Mr. Coward had to walk that back today on his program, saying, I got a call from Caleb and the Caleb Williams camp that they went, whoa, 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 Colin, we don't want to be painted as anti-Chicago, and we don't want to be painted as anti-Bear. So that's the most definitive, I'm not going to pull an Eli Manning to date, that we have gotten from Caleb Williams' camp, uh, which is pretty encouraging. Something, of course, this podcast was already in firm belief of. But for anybody who thought this narrative was going to be out there, that Caleb Williams was going to force the issue, trade me, trade out, whatever, Chicago Bears going to be in the market for a QB. Once they trade Justin Fields, they're going to take this young man out of Southern Cal. Can I say this? I, I'm not like, that doesn't make me feel too great. Like, what are they talking about? that made Colin Coward get that sense that he would be anti-Bear, anti-Chicago. Like, they didn't completely just remove that from the conversation, did they? They said, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want to say we're anti-Bear or anti-Chicago. But what is the discussion that they're having where Colin Coward's just like, okay, well, this is what I'm hearing, that Chicago, that he might try to pull an Eli Manning and, and force his way out of the team with the top pick. I, I don't know. I, like That doesn't give me a definitive answer. I mean, the Chicago Bears need to come out and start to make their moves to pave the way for Caleb Williams. I think he wants whatever team's going to draft him, and all signs point to the Bears, but to cater to him. Yeah, I totally agree. Also, I'm not worried about the Bears – 
If the Bears don't want or do want Caleb Williams, I don't care because if they trade out, the team that they trade out with is going to take that number one spot because they want Caleb Williams. So I'm not I'm not concerned about this at all. The only fear that you might have is somebody like New England trading up to number one, and then they're still at number three, the Bears, and then they take Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the scenario that you want to avoid, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I... I disagree with both of you. I think this puts it to bed. I listen. I think this is this is the example I could think of today. Well, we all have kids on this podcast, and yeah. uh, around the spring, or excuse me, around the fall, when our kids are maybe acting up or they're not doing great in school, we bust out a line or two, like, "Hey, listen, get your act together. Maybe Santa Claus won't show up this year." We all know Santa is coming, regardless. It's, it's he's never not coming. But sometimes you just you have to poke the bear a little bit. This is Caleb's camp saying. Hey, Chicago, it's probably going to work out, but just get your shit together. Sure. Like, I'm, we're watching you. Make sure you make the right kind of moves in free agency. Make sure you get me a quality offensive coordinator. Keep DJ Moore happy. Like, get your act together. Because part of what wasn't encapsulated on that quote was Colin went off on the Bears calling them Loserville and all this other stuff. <laughs> they, I, think Caleb wa- I think Caleb wants the Bears to have um, a renewed sense of, like, Hey, we don't know what we're doing and and we need to kind of bow to their camp. I don't know if Chicago's going to do that, but I very much get the feeling like Caleb and, and his they want to be courted. Court them and vice versa. And I think the courting to your point, Bo, needs to happen ASAP and that's why you got to jet set Justin Fields out of town. Like that needs to happen in like the next 3 or 4 weeks so that these two parties can get together cuz the longer you you have this out here, I mean, Caleb Williams is going to be like, well, you're you're not showing me any love. I don't see right. it in the form of your moves. Well, and then as far as the way they navigated the start of the offseason where they kind of went dark, like you didn't hear from them. They didn't have the end of the year press conferences because they were trying to figure out like who they were going to move forward with. Poles kept his job. Eberflus kept his job. They blew out, you know, the entire offensive staff and they brought in what a lot of people perceive as the top candidates as far as the offensive play caller Waldron coming from Seattle because of them pulling all these shenanigans that has just put the Seahawks, you know, where their rebuild trajectory was going up and up. Now it kind of stalls, but the Bears have made some decent moves. I, you know, this whole thing with with Caleb Williams camp is is one of the red flags that would concern me if I was a, if I was a, a team in position to draft him as the Cardinals were in danger of throughout the season is like hold your horses a little bit like you know you you still are the prospect you still are going to be drafted with whatever team decides they want to put your name on the card and it's going to likely be the number one overall pick but like you know back in the fall you got Carl Williams saying hey we're going to want some sort of you know investment in the in the ownership group and you know maybe he'll stay back with NIL deal and that kind of bluff and it's all become exactly that it's a bluff right so they're not very good poker players and at the end of the day I mean I'm with you I think it's an inevitability as far as Caleb Williams is going to be wearing a Bears uniform. He's going to be making plays for him, and he's going to help turn that franchise around. But you, you can't start, you know, these power plays before your relationship even begins. That's just a that's not great ground to to kind of get footing on to start. Caleb Williams's PR team must be as good as DeAndre Ayton's. Let me tell you that right now. It's fucking terrible. Like they have just fumbled the ball left and right. Like just shut up. Yeah. Just shut. 
up. That's it. Like you, you let these things play out how they will. And then when you get a week before the draft and you realize, oh shit, the bears are really going to take me. Then you make your stink just like Eli Manning did before, but don't do it when you're six months out, eight months out. That's just so presumptuous that you're going to be the number one overall pick because we've seen it before. Listen, last year alone, everybody thought that Bryce Young was the surefire number one pick and CJ Stroud by a mile is the better (laughs) quarterback. Like, so it's not a foregone conclusion that Caleb Williams is going to come in and just be the, the, the savior of the franchise and the surefire can't miss prospect because who knows, it could be Jaden Daniels. It could be Drake may, it could be Michael Penix who knows. So stop, stop with the whole, you know, dog and pony show, just shut up, do your job impress up the combine and move along. Yeah. I, I think like Caleb's dad has a, has a very strong presence in his life and, and, and Colin made that clear on, on the program. And so like, I, I have a tough time like clamoring on to, to your guys's point, a, a, a 19, 20 year old kid, like, you know, Kyler Murray had his dad in his corner and, and some of his pre-draft interviews were uncomfortable. Right. We all remember that. What was it on Dan Patrick? We wouldn't answer questions. Like this is a very tumultuous time where, Saul, to, to your credit, like I, I do think these guys need to go dark, like go and do your NFL related stuff. And then when the draft happens, let the chips fall and then go be a part of the media for whatever respected team. But like these guys, they're just not helping themselves. And like the Chicago Bears might be a bottom five franchise the last 20 years. I think they've got one winning season, but it is a top three market. And if, if you're if you're thinking about branding yourself and, and making yourself a, a known presence, I kind of just scoff at this notion that you can't go somewhere and change the culture. That's exactly what the number one pick should be tasked to do. Like the the team, that's the beauty of the NFL. Like I love the NBA and major league baseball. I think the lottery system is terrible for the sport because we just endured a four win season. I can't imagine having the fourth overall pick stripped away from Cardinal fans picking 12 because of a ping pong ball. Like, you know, if Carolina was picking number one, and they are, and they traded Chicago, like you earned that pick. You should get to make the most of it. And that should come with the best player in the draft. So I, I this this notion, of course, like if Caleb Williams went to the Ravens or the Chiefs or, or the San Francisco 49ers, somebody with mm-hmm. their act together, he would have a better chance of succeeding. But then it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. What, what should you be, a lesser college prospect? I never want to get to a point in the NFL where guys are dictating where they go because you know what? It's unfair because owners, you know, they ruin some of these situations for players, bad coaching hires, bad GMs, but it's the fans who pay the ultimate price. If I'm a fan of Chicago Bears and I've watched inept quarterback play for my entire adult life, there's probably a good chance you have. And you have a chance to get this kid and there's even a sniff of his camp or somebody close to him saying, you know what, we're actually anti-Chicago. Like that, that would be so disheartening for me as a fan of the NFL. And I'm so thankful since Eli Manning that, Bo, we have not had one of these instances come up yet. Yeah, it's, it is refreshing. You know, the Manning case is also an outlier just because their dad was in a really bad situation in New Orleans his entire yeah. career. And also he didn't want, you know, Eli to be in the same conference as Peyton and a ton of different variables, the Spanos family and it's San Diego. It's not LA. It's not the top media market. Like, but it goes back to kind of similar to where we were at this point last year, where there were reports of head coaches shying away from the Arizona Cardinals organization. It's like, yeah. if you think, if you have any confidence in yourself as a head coach, you would be taking on the opportunity. If you have any confidence in yourself, Saul, as a player and to go to the same town 
that Michael Jordan mm-hmm. was is a legend, is the goat in, and it's it's the third media market, isn't it? Chicago, yeah. And, and it might and be second. Shy away from that, mm-hmm. it just it, I think it's very telling, and I think it's an indictment of your character and your will to want to kind of take on that challenge and and be that competitor and, and get them to places they've never gone before. It's like, shit, they've never had a 4,000-yard passer. they never had a successful quarterback. The most successful quarterback is Jay Cutler, probably statistically. Yes. I mean, Jim McMahon was the quarterback of the 85 Bears, and you and I and Saul could have been the QB and one with that team and that defense. So, like, yeah. for, for Caleb Williams, I, I just don't think that he's going to shy away from that. And some of these reports are – it's fun right now because it's gonna get us there. But I, I think he, at the end of the day, he's like, I can, I can do it. Uh, DJ Moore, the Chicago Bears, their fan base. This is gonna be enough for me to be successful and, and make it, kind of make a name for myself. Great players don't shy away from great challenges. Yeah, that's just that's it, point blank. And if I, and if I'm the Chicago Bears, and this is the rhetoric I keep hearing, and it, once you hear it over and over and over again, at some point you gotta believe that there's somewhere there, there's some truth there, right? And yeah. so. That's that's where I kind of sit, man. I don't want to I don't want to get a franchise quarterback that kind of just kind of wants to be here. No, I want somebody that's completely bought in because it takes a special individual. It's been what almost forty years since the Bears won a Super Bowl, and yep. it, and it's yeah. going to take a special individual for them to overcome that hump. It just is because they've only gotten close one other time and by losing to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. So I I just think that Caleb Williams, if he's really about that life, needs to shut up and just prove it and then continuously say, I want to go to any franchise that wants me and I'm going to take them to to, to levels they've never been before. That's my goal. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Allen, I mean, the, the, I know the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls. Most of my adult life, they have been a terrible franchise. And he gets there, and they're a consistent contender now. Joe Burrow immediately changes the culture back in their favor in, in Cincinnati, right? So, like, I that's the beauty of the NFL. It can flip on a dime depending on who you have as your head coach, your GM, and especially your quarterback. I do want to get to this because there's there's some chatter in the chat, and I'm, I, you know, I'm – cognizant of it this this marvin harrison jr situation as it relates to the cardinals and, and caleb williams but this is from trenton thank you so much 999 super chat still can't believe wolfley and pash were talking about offensive line versus hmm. marvin harrison jr at four if mj if uh, marvin harrison jr was there for the taking if he is monty should uh jets that that card to the podium uh thank you so much trenton for that and then this kind of piggybacks off of um, somebody else's comment earlier, basically Gamble continuing to double down the Arizona sports of, of, you know, going offensive line at four. I mean, it just, I think that we're just in a position where it's early February and people want to have something else to discuss it for. If the Cardinals are picking fourth, which they will, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is available, they're going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Like that, that's why we're discussing Caleb Williams. That's why we're talking about Drake May and Jaden Daniels, because Bo, as you sided with Tony Pauline, like mm-hmm. the QBs are hot, white hot. That's right. exactly what Cardinal fans should want. Yeah, none of the QBs have worked out yet, and and everybody looks good in shorts. And they're only going to make uh, their case stronger to be one, two, three in this draft. And Pauline and Damian Parson, full-time Dame over the draft network, like everybody said, it, it's it's a slam dunk. It's a no-brainer. Like, don't let's let's keep it simple, stupid. Like, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is there at fourth, you take him. 
I, I don't care. Like Wolfley and Pash, like they can have that conversation to have just be conversational about it. And that's yeah. fine. Like I want I want the organization I root for to do their due diligence. Like yeah. put on the tape of Joel. Look at Olu Fashion. Like you never know. Like you could be in a position to get them because you know there's lots of bad organizations in this league. But when it comes down to it, it's as simple as put Marvin Harrison Jr.'s name on the card and select him as the next face of your franchise, uh, you know, outside of the quarterback position. No, I totally agree. I, it, it, there's nothing to think about. Now, what I will say is this, and I'm not, I'm not backing what they said because I don't think it's really a if, – if you're there at four, you're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. You're not backing out. But if through your scouting and your research you feel like, mm, you know, maybe we could just go with an offensive lineman instead of Marvin Harrison Jr. because you're not sold for whatever reason, there's no way they're taking offensive lineman at four. <laughs> Zero chance. They will trade out of that spot, and then they will take an offensive lineman somewhere else in the top 10 because they're not going to drop out of the top 10 with whatever pick they get. So I just – there's no scenario in where I can envision the Cardinals taking an offensive lineman over Marvin Harrison Jr. unless they just really like bad PR. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> well, it's a great, it's a lot a great of sell jerseys, it's, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. There, there is no. I, I can't see an argument against taking him, and I think they. I know they're going to take him. I feel. I feel very confident that they're going to take him. Michael I, I will say, Johnny. I will say this. I will say this. I don't think the margin between Marvin Harrison Jr. and let's say a Rome Adunze. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a big Malik Neighbors fan. I don't believe in him. I think he's a fraud. Uh, but I think Adunze is is really, really good. I don't think the margin between those two is as significant as people would make it out to seem. Sure. And but I think that's had... a testament to those prospects. Like I yeah. I mean, and that, that also it shows how good Marvin Harrison Jr. is. And for him to be for you know, have the pedigree, his dad, Marvin Harrison Sr., who's got a, a bust in Canton and obviously benefited from Peyton Manning, but had a you know legendary work ethic and was on the same page with Peyton his entire career, which is a tough guy to keep up with, right? I mean, he outlasts a lot of people. Um, I think that, you know, then to hear from Paris Johnson Jr. in the Cardinals locker room, like, you got first-round picks that are highly successful already at the NFL level and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and during their tenures in Columbus – they were being outworked by this young man, Marvin Harrison Jr. So he's got everything you want. He's got pedigree. He's got the skill set. He's got the size. He's got the tape. He's got the credentials. He's the Bolitnikoff winner. He got invited to the Heisman ceremony this year as a finalist. And then, you know, he, he's got the work ethic. Like, that's it's all there. Like, it simplifies every all the hard work that you have to put in as a scout or a talent evaluator. Yeah, and I think just if you're if you're just comparing it to the tackle position, like they took a tackle in the first last year, like that that happened. So you're going to double down on two consecutive tackles. Like I don't hate that philosophy, but like you also have a huge gaping hole at number one wide receiver. Like you have a left or starting right tackle this year that you feel like could be a Pro Bowl player. So if it's just like basic fundamental team building, it goes against that. And then you also sure. just you also just consider like Marvin's a better prospect than Joe Alton Alu Fashnu. Receivers yeah. a, a premium position. I mean it just. I, I get it. Back, it goes back to Saul sitting in the in the hot seats at Tempe D at uh, Sun Devil Stadium. I mean, th this fan base. I mean, you ask who hurt you is like how how much time you got. Like I'll tell you, like you know, from Bill Bidwell to countless coaches and general managers who didn't know how to correctly build a team, and everybody wants to emphasize doing it the right way. And just because Monty Osford takes the most talented player in this draft fourth overall and gets away from really investing in the trenches doesn't mean that he can't do it with the rest of his draft. 
his two first picks last year were line of scrimmage players. If you yeah. consider B. Joe Gillard, like that, that, that happened last year. I, I also think if you're Monty Austin Ford and maybe to a lesser extent, Jonathan Gannon, but especially Austin Ford, you cannot be known as the guy that passed on this kid. If you are, then Alu Fashnu or Joe Alt or Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunsey have to be comparable, if not better. That's what you're basically citing your reputation on, that Joe Alt is going to be a better prospect because we're talking about Marvin as a potential Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame caliber prospect. Then Joe Alt better go to the fucking Hall of Fame. Like that That's the conversation you have to have as an organization. Like, I like Joe Alt. Is that is that realistic to place on him right now? I don't think that's fair to Joe Alt. Marvin Harrison Jr. is unequivocally the best prospect of the last two drafts, not just this draft. He would have gone number one last year, potentially. So I, I think uh, Austin Ford, having been in Tennessee, when his boss in Tennessee traded away A.J. Brown and got everybody fired and torpedoed that whole operation, knows the importance of the position. Just because he came from New England and Tennessee that doesn't mean he doesn't know, like, why don't help you win games? And this kid checks every box. You got Larry Fitzgerald's with Camp Cox saying you should draft Marvin Harrison Jr. It's like when when football Jesus here in the Valley comes out and says that, like, come on. We just, as Saul said, have the card written up. We're, we're good. Right. Thank you. That didn't look like the Sermon on the Mount, though, for football, Cardinals football, Jesus. Where were they? Were they at, uh, what steakhouse with that? How, how did we not get that invite? What's Cam Cox doing to get that holding invite? Out, holding out on us, I guess. Did you recognize that steakhouse, Saul? No, I don't know. Here in the Valley? I, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know what this event was. I was in Mobile getting uh, not putting sunscreen on, obviously. <laughs> oh, it's got to be Dominic's. Probably. That's usually where Fitz goes for all his stuff. It's the usually Dominic's. Supper Club thing? The Fitz Supper Club? Yeah, that's Dominic's. Yeah. It's always Dominic's, yeah. Oh, man. That, go. sound, that sounds pretty good. Uh, you know, that's, they got great food. They got great food with our friends at BetMGM, the sportsbook at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium, where we were every single away game. This year, uh, and if you've waited this long to get on BetMGM, what are you waiting for? We got Championship Sunday in the books. We got the big game coming up. Tons of props, tons of different wagers that you can dabble on with our friends at BetMGM. We're going to hook you up here at PHNX. Bet 5, get 158 instantly. And if you can't wait for the big game, we got NBA action. We got the Suns in action this weekend. Tons of stuff that you can dabble on. Big-time golf tournaments right around the corner. Spring training baseball. Of course, our Coyotes here in the Arizona desert. BetMGM, Bet5, get 158 instantly with the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Five bucks in your newly created account. New customers only. You place any standardized bet, and you get 158 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. That's Bet5, get 158. You win, you get your winnings plus the 158, but you got to sign up. With the bonus code PHNX. Tell them PHNX Cardinals sent you 158 in additional winnings. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to my guy, Damon Dog. He's back. Talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope 467 369 Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-991-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. We feel lost at this time of year, sports fans, right? I mean, you got Suns basketball, you got the Senior Bowl this week, you can kind of see all the practices and how they pay off, but you got 
NASCAR this weekend. They're opening up their season. It's uh, returning, of course. You got Daytona later this week or later this month. And then in March, you've got uh, biggity, biggity, biggity. You got the big race going down at Phoenix Raceway. NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 8th through 10th. It's an event, man. It's like almost a whole week event. It's unbelievable what they're doing out there in Avondale. It's the best in class fan experience. You get to meet the racers. You get the toughest drivers for three days. All the action surrounded by, of course, the beautiful Australia Mountains. Saw the whole crew were out there where Damon and I were in Mobile and the upgrades to the track that they made recently are unbelievable if you haven't checked them out you got to check them out this year at Phoenix Raceway spring break at Phoenix Raceway is the perfect introduction to NASCAR and it's affordable ticketing prices check them out for you and your family whether you're a diehard racing fan or you're just trying to maybe have a fantastic day in the sun Get out there to Phoenix Raceway for the Shriners Children's 500 at Phoenix Raceway, March 8th through 10th. Promises to be the weekend of good vibes for the whole family. Get your tickets, phoenixraceway.com. We uh, we rode in the pace car, Johnny. Oh, nice. And uh, I've never held on to the oh shit bar harder in my life. <laughs> I, I've never been that fast before. And so, and, and, and it wasn't even going half as fast as these guys go around the track. So, uh, it's, it's quite an experience. Let me tell you that. One, like one of the greatest me. experiences in my life was when they, they did indie racing out there for like a short while in the, in Mario Andretti did two seater driver arms and I got to get in the back of a two seater with Andretti and he was doing one sixty around that track. And I was losing my mind. And he's probably sitting there like, oh, I leave my lights on in my den. Probably not even thinking about what's going on. He's done it so so often. One of the one of the like highlights of my life was having one of the greatest race car drivers take me around the track. So how does it compare to the Incredicoaster? Is it comparable at all? <laughs> I mean, it's different. I mean, it's pretty fast. It's pretty fast. I don't know if it's Incredicoaster fun, but it's, but uh, the it's thing pretty is, close. The, the, I'm in like a souped up race car. You're in like a, I don't know, like a, what is it? A Dodge? No, it was yeah, it was dart? like yeah, it was like a, basically like a Dodge Dart, yeah. Or it's probably Maybe a Dodge Stratus, but it was a souped-up Dodge Dart. Okay, man. so like that thing was like <laughs> like uh, I, I he told me not to say how fast we they were going because he didn't want to get in trouble, okay. but we were we were fucking whipping around. <laughs> Libertarian Sasquatch faster than Hollywood Brown going to practice two years ago. <laughs> oh man, you gotta bring that up, old regime. Just because we're talking about Cliff Kingsbury doesn't mean we have to roll back the greatest hits of his regime watch. I don't want to get blocked by Hollywood again, too. So, okay? <laughs> Kyler already blocked me. I don't need, oh, I don't need Hollywood to block me. I'm still Libertarian so That's because you, you dared talk to Caleb Williams I mean, before Jesus. the season. <laughs> That's all I did. I talked to Caleb Williams. That's the only thing I've ever said negative about Kyler. And it didn't even say anything negative about Kyler. If the Cardinals had the number one pick, they would be taking Caleb Williams. We, you had to do your due diligence. We right. had, like... Bo and I would have done the same thing. Anybody like, listen, the Chicago Bears did not think that they were going to be in a position to take Caleb Williams this year. And then Justin Fields wet the bed and they have a top 10 pick. So of course they're going to take him. You know, and I know it's through Carolina's pick, but it, if Justin Fields had thrown for 35 touchdowns this year and was awesome, they wouldn't be taking Caleb right. Williams. Guess what? He's won 10. They didn't games have their own top years. 10 pick. Like they yeah. own their own top 10 pick. They didn't play that. They didn't have a great season. No, they were pretty bad. Uh, and they played a, a trash schedule. Libertarian Sasquatch, $1.99. If we pass on Marvin Harrison Jr., I might die inside. There's no <laughs> might in there. We will all be dead on this show. I will be, I don't know how I would progress moving forward. Here's what I can tell you. They're not going to pass on him. Where it could get dicey is if they get jumped for him, something like that. So that's why we just, we all need to do a prayer circle here. These quarterbacks, <laughs> we want them to do well this offseason. We are the biggest fans of Jaden Daniels and Drake May and Caleb Williams. And guess what? They're just 
They're just going about their business. Caleb's going to go top three regardless. But, like, I haven't heard one thing from Jaden Daniels this entire offseason, and I love it. Bonix is out there stinking up the senior bowl, and Jaden Daniels, <laughs> he's just sitting home minding his own business. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine where Bonex registers as far as your your senior bowl trending list oh, that man. you have out there. Oh, man. But he was he looked like he looked like Gaiman's like dad throwing him ground balls out there in the backyard. Oh, no. with his each and every pass he was that bad. He, you know what, Dame and, and Damon became he, he was he was a Bonex fan at the end of it. He he had a good red zone, yeah, little he, run on the last day we were there for the morning practice. He completed like five red zone touchdowns in a row and it looked like he was finding his groove a little bit but th- for, through the first two days he was throwing a lot of like noodle arm passes into the dirt mm. i've got my comp i've got my bow pro comp oh it's colt mccoy i think i think if if, if, he, I, if he has colt mccoy he could have colt mccoy's career like he's gonna be a guy like in his prime he could maybe push for a starting job but is probably better suited consistently to be one of the top backups in the league. And that's fine. That's good. I would have went with Chase Daniel, but yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Quintessential backup put him, guy. Put him in a dome on a dome team as a developmental guy. But like, he does guy? seem like, he does seem like he's a Cleveland Brown, doesn't he? <laughs> that Cole McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I look at Bo Nix, I'm like, oh, the Browns would totally take Bo Nix. <laughs> I think he's a saint. Why do you feel saint? Just there was some rumors. Yeah, dome like, team. Sir. Yeah, that's like the closest team to him, like hometown wise. And at, there were like some questions people were asking him on the podium. It just seems like a team that's like a little bit later on, but needs a quarterback. I can see that. That's a good connection by Damon Dog. Um, I also think the teams that are picking top three all play in inclement weather. You have you can't have a new alarm. You got to have a rocket. <laughs> and like Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Jane Daniels have big boy arms. I like Michael Penix. He had a rag arm in the national championship game. It did not look good against Michigan. Here's what we need. Here's what we're rooting for collectively. We are rooting for these other quarterbacks to fail in spectacular yeah. fashion, and we want the big three to solidify themselves so much that if mm-hmm. New England sits there at three, they don't have any delusion of, well, you know, we could get Bo Nix later in the first round. The fuck you can, and then you're going to lose and get fired if you're Gerard Mayo. So that, that everything is falling into place. Uh, on top of that, this is from uh, a recent tweet. The Patriots found their offensive coordinator. Um, they own the third overall pick. This guy's coming from Cleveland. Van Pelt spent the last two yeah. decades coaching and working with young quarterbacks and could play a big role in developing another quarterback. So the Patriots go and get their OC, who's specific. He's not a wide receiver coach or running back coach and O-line. No, no, no. He is a quarterback savant and did some good things, obviously with Joshua Dobbs once upon a time, Jacoby Brissett, um, and then, as we mentioned this year, Joe Flacco. So – Bo, you look at that. That's that kind of flew under the radar yesterday, and then we pulled this for the show. It's just like, uh oh, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. This this could be your next uh, offensive coordinator. I mean, it, you know, it makes me feel better about their decision to. I mean, take it for, from Stefanski. Outside, yeah. and if it's not from the Kyle Shanahan, you know, offensive coaching tree, I think Stefanski's uh, heating up because now he's got back to back guys that have been taken from his staff. Uh, to go call their own offenses in the last two seasons. So, uh, you know, in Petsing and now Van Pelt. And look, I mean, what they're doing, there's a youth movement in New England. I mean, from Mayo, who was the youngest coach before McDonald went up to Seattle this past week, uh, and then the two co- other coordinators at the side, I think Covington is, is legit at the defensive coordinator. Their special teams coach 
is ridiculous. I heard some insight from him, uh, but he was on a Ram staff that was like dead last in almost every special team statistical nice. category you could possibly be in. And this guy was tabbed as an assistant to go run his own special team. So like it doesn't take out the wild card nature of the Patriots here. Like they, they're going against the grain as much as you possibly can. So like the third overall selection but I, I still think that they're going to take a quarterback. At the end of the day, they're not going to be able to get away from the allure and also the pre-draft of a Drake May or Jaden Daniels. I don't know if bolstering your point that Van Pelt is this offensive fucking quarterback <laughs> guru by using Josh Dobbs as your example is really the 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 motive I would use or the point of view I would have. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, okay, cool. Like Van Pelt, have you ever heard of? Like the quality of his production before until today, like yeah, I mean, yeah. he came from the same tree that Drew Petzing did, the offensive coordinator for the Cardinals. I think it greatly increases the chances that Joshua Dobbs or Jacoby Brissett is the backup or the placeholder for Jaden Daniels. I think that that would work very well. Familiarity with with both of those guys from Cleveland, that like if they come out and they sign Joshua Dobbs in March. Like we like that's a good sign. If they sign Jacoby Brissett, that's a good sign. I, I I definitely think though that this does help push the narrative that the 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 Patriots will take a quarterback because I actually feel better about this because Jaden Daniels or Drake May could be dog shit in the combine and Van Pelt will think he can fix them. <laughs> so more power to you. Does it, does it scare you with the success of Joe Flacco, though, that he had? I mean, they would be arrogant or naive enough to say, hey, we can go get one of these retread guys well, like a Ross or a Tannehill. Yeah, compare Flacco. the Browns roster to the Patriots roster. And it's like, <laughs> you know, the playoff worthy versus I mean, the Patriots roster is like the Cardinals last year. It's it's XFL like. It's it's got guys in the it will not be starting in the in the NFL in 2024. They have the worst collection of, I think offensive weaponry in, in the entire league. And they can I also think that this receiver class and the depth to it will convince them QB one and then go receiver in rounds two or round three or whatever and they can get some quality. But I mean Tony Pauline, how adamant he was under his breath, off camera with you, on camera, mm -hmm. like these quarterbacks, there is not a price that the Denver Broncos could pay that includes Pat Sertain that the Patriots would be like, okay, we'll move down. Like Tells you everything you need to know. Right. There's, there's now, nothing they could spend on it. I don't know if you guys talked about this earlier, but let's just say there was a scenario where a quarterback was available at four. Would you be interested in Patrick Sertain? If Marvin, if, Mar if Marvin was gone, sure, of course. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Marvin has to be off the board. Yeah. But, I mean, one, like I'm skeptical whether a fourth quarterback can emerge. But but if it is a Daniels or a May that's sitting there, yeah, you could you you probably would best be best set to do that. Like the Patriots, if they don't if they're not taking a quarterback and they don't trade down, that's organizational malpractice. Yeah, it absolutely. really is absolutely because you like what Tony said and what his report was. Like the Broncos are desperate; they like all three of these guys and they want to get up there. But it's a damn near impossibility because. The, the top three teams see per, seem pretty dead set to go one, two, three on whichever prospect is available for them to select. I just love every offseason we hear a rendition of the Broncos are desperate. They're signing, they're trading for Russell Wilson. They're desperate. They're <laughs> trading first round picks for Sean Payton. They're desperate again. They got to come up for Jaden Daniels. I like Jaden Daniels. 
Jaden Daniels in a division they are with desperate, Jim. Though. They have like a, a bottom three quarterback situation in the league right now. That's bad. Like, especially with the, the what Peyton was able to do with that team. And they're, they're perennially a quarterback away. Like the Broncos, they have Stidham. They want to trade or release Russ. And what are their other options? I mean, I, I think it's a mistake to announce that. I know they sat Russ purposely for money and like liability and that kind of thing. But Russ might be their best option at this point. Like you're not going to get somebody better than Russ in free agency. Aren't, aren't they the example? And, and we talked about this when there was all that smoke about Kyler and whether or not he was going to play, even if he was healthy. It's like, that's why you don't do that. That's why you don't, because you create this big circus and your fan base loses any any faith as far as your ability to to operate at it at the level necessary to be a consistently con- team that that's successful. They should have put him out there and run it like fifty times and just had him <laughs> drop back for two weeks in a row and thrown it like del- single digit passes. Like he wasn't going to get hurt, man. That just makes you feel good. The Cardinals. Did. I like Sean Payton. You know, historically, but man, that that I don't think that's going to end well. Solve for the for the Broncos, like especially with Jim Harbaugh now, they're not winning anything. Yeah, the Broncos <laughs> are, the, are going to be the worst team in that division. Yeah, their, wow. their defense is the only thing that's going to save them. That's it. I don't know. Have you seen Antonio Pierce's staff? No, somebody mentioned it in the chat though. Vance Joseph versus Cliff Kingsbury this year. Let's go. Turn let's me up. Talk, I'm watching let's that talk one. About it. Let's talk about it. We'll put we'll pivot from Senior Bowl for a second. So Cliff Kingsbury, it was announced yesterday, uh, is joining the NFL ranks yet again, coming over from Lincoln Riley's staff at uh he wasn't even the OC at, at USC, he was like the QB the assistant head coach. He's joining Antonio Pierce's staff as the offensive coordinator. He will call plays. Antonio Pierce, you know, probably defensive background, obviously. It's it's Cliff's baby now. They don't have a quarterback, Bo, mm-hmm. but they do have a guy who's putting his you know place up in Paradise Valley, likely for sale. He's got to get that big ass <laughs> line photo up out of there and back back to Vegas. So, what what do you make of this move? And are you surprised that Cliff is back? What's that place cost with like a seven percent interest rate? It's probably not. It's probably not affordable for any of the three of us. You know, like on a this ten thousand dollar mortgage. <laughs> it's a lot more than ten thousand dollars. I know that. Uh, it's. I, I mean, it's it's really strange. He, he did a really good job as far as kind of hitching his wagon to another slam dunk success at quarterback and Caleb Williams and put himself in a position to, to get a job this offseason and he interviewed with a couple like the Bears and Philly. And now I think he was in the running for what was the opening Houston, the collegiate job. Uh, yeah. So, you know, he's done a good job. And, and Eric Burkhart, his agent, has put his name out there as, as he should for somebody that can continue to just cash checks from the Arizona Cardinals as long as he's working, throwing up the radio air quotes there, like in podcast air quotes, that he's working to get a gig. But he takes this job, and it helps the Cardinals because now as an offensive coordinator in the NFL, it can offset some of that money. It's not going to be Michael Bidwell giving him a full close to $40 million the rest of the way out. So it'll get into that chunk. But, I mean, I talked to Vegas Radio today, my or your boy Q, who does the Raiders show out there, uh, like people throw around, they expect him to be this innovative offensive <laughs> mind. And I'm just like, if that's what you're expecting, that's it's not what you're going to get. Like Cliff Kingsbury, it's very simplistic what he does and what he tries to really lean on where he views his offense of being successful. And as far as like making these big overhaul changes and, and adjustments, he's just not that guy. He just likes to do what he feels is, is, is the way to, 
to his offense runs the best. And then the NFL defenses counter and usually slow it down pretty well. So it's, it's strange that the narratives that surround cliff that did when he came into the league, continue to kind of follow him, even though they're misconceptions now. Yeah. I, I think cliff did a good job at being a little bit more innovative at the, the beginning of, of his tenure. I'll give him that. Um, and then the, the one year they made it to the playoffs, you know, they, hey, they were they were rolling. Everything was clicking. Um, they had, But they had really, really good players, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't forget about that. You had D-Hop on the outside. You had a lot of talent. However, comma, like, <laughs> I hope Devontae Adams is ready to run those fucking five-yard deep screens because that shit ain't going to work. It's just not. Like, and so I hope – what I do hope Cliff did was take a step back, figure out the things that he wasn't doing very well, um, and then, you know, kind of reanalyzed himself and then it's going to be better at, in, 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 uh, Las Vegas. I keep wanting to say Oakland. That's why yeah. I keep stumbling, uh, in Vegas, like, cause they, they need it. They need a, they need a quality offensive coordinator because Jimmy Garoppolo needs all the help in the world over there. If they even use him. Right. Well, I mean, it does put them, I think in play to, to be aggressive, to get up, but like, you know, the same point stands. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Daniels or, or May would look Jaden. Yeah. Antonio Pierce, Jaden Daniels. Oh, my God. I would love. There is a connection, right? You from know the ASU? I will say this. If that ever happened, I'm going to root like hell for the Raiders to win the Super Bowl just so ASU peeps can realize <laughs> what they just lost. I'm a big Antonio Pierce fan, by the way, just so you know. Well, he went to U of A, right? Well, yeah. But he also destroyed ASU, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> destroyed it from the end. Okay, listen, that was Herm Edwards' fault. He, he had get get a hold of your program. Uh, it was Antonio Pierce's fault. <laughs> we, we Trojan horse the shit out of that. <laughs> I will never forget September 25th. I pulled up the date. Bo was at the stadium, week three of the 2022 NFL season. The Cardinals lost to the Rams. It was 20 to 12, and they were one and two to start that year. And I'm doing a post game in studio with Saul and um, I think Frank was there. And I just looked to my left. We just jumped into the show. We were breaking everything down. And I looked at Saul and he goes, I'm just, I think I'm done with Cliff Kingsbury. I think he needs to be fired. That was three weeks into the 2022 season. Fast forward four months later, he was fired. And so, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, he belongs in the NFL in an offensive capacity. I don't think he's a head coach. I think he's better suited for the NFL game. I Collegiately, I don't think he wants to recruit. In the, I don't think mm-hmm. he has any interest in doing that. Right. But like be a QB coach slash OC if it works out for him. Awesome. And I, I do think that's his ceiling. But are we sure he's even a QB coach, though? Like, think I about think that's this. that's a fair question. Think about yeah. this. He made... Patrick Mahomes look mid in college. Yeah. He comes to the NFL and he doesn't utilize Kyler to the best of his abilities. He goes to USC. Caleb Williams won a Heisman the year before he shows up. Then he turns to dog shit the last six years, the six games of the season. Where is the improvement from these quarterbacks? Is he is he a, a, a guy, the equivalent of a guy you mentioned earlier in the show? Is he Chase Daniels of, of coaches just like leeches on and makes a lot of money? And as a backup or as a placeholder, that's it. Kind of does feel he, like he that. is. He has a great finesse game. He does. He can put yeah. himself in a prime position. And, but as far as his expectations and what he expects out of his players is too much. Like the for for guys, especially young players, to to hold them like he doesn't hold them accountable. And the Johnny Manziel documentary shows that. Like he's like we're pulling him out of the bar and we're still suiting him up. 
you know, ready to play, you know, the next day. I mean, it's ridiculous. But in, but then you see the problems that the Cardinals had and Kyler just wanting someone to coach him tough and, and Cliff refused. Like Cliff is just the alt. He's, he's a player's coach to a fault. And people thinking that he's going to just, because he's not in the main power position as a head coach. He's still in a position where he needs to hold players accountable on the offensive side of the football. And look at Cliff, his offense, Cliff's offenses every year he was in, in the desert. I think it was like three or four years. They were the number one penalized offense. That's not going to change just because he went away for a year. It's going to, he's going to continue to have these offenses that, that get flagged up. It felt way too often. I will say this too. The only thing this, all, all this, proves to me is that if I ever like hit it big, I need Eric Burkhart as my agent <laughs> because he can, he can make fucking anything out of shit. Uh, yeah. It's our guy EB. Um, I, I also think, you know, Antonio Pierce has to play the role of Vance Joseph. Now Vance Joseph was like, almost like the co-head coach for the Cardinals. Like we saw that up close. Like he was empowered as a, as a co-head coach and Cliff Kingsbury was in those film rooms and those meeting rooms kind of operating as a, a default OC slash head coach. So I, I Antonio Pierce, I think, is going to do a good job. He's got the buy-in of that locker room. But Cliff is really only as, goes as far as his players. And you guys hit the nail on the head there. Like, that cupboard's pretty bare in, in Vegas. Like, they, they don't have a special player, a quarterback. Like, like, do you think it could get ugly this year? Jimmy Garoppolo? What? They're, like, how many points you you think you're going to score in the AFC with those other quarterbacks? Right. And what Harbaugh is going to do with Herbert feels like they're going to take a step forward. And then, you know, we'll see what the Broncos do if they can figure out the quarterback position. But, you know, Sean Payton had them playing tough football and the Chiefs are never going away. It's uh, it's a tough division. Patrick Graham is going to be their D.C. He's he's been a a solid defensive coordinator in his league. And I think uh, like between him and Pierce, they're fine. But then. Cliff is just going to be there and looking cool in Vegas and he'll play that role, but there's going to be a very frustrated fan base behind him. But you're like the offense, like Josh Jacobs is gone. Um, and then the quarterback who knows who they'll find. And I'm sure Devonte Adams is going to see the writing on the wall and say, Hey, get me the hell out of mm-hmm. here. They might deal him. He's old. They might deal him anyway. Like that, 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 that cupboard is so bare. Like somebody said, Michael Penix, you know, is a Raider in the chat. I just, I, I could see that happening, but like, what, what's the infrastructure, you know? Yeah. I, um, it's what's he, he going to do in Cliff's Vegas, offense. Though. He's going to be like, Hey, Michael, go play hero ball. Say, <laughs> like, Hey, I played, you know, in, I I played with three in NFL wide receivers in, in Washington. You've got one. Well, Jacoby, Martin, you got two here in Vegas. Kyler Murray went offensive rookie of the year under me, Michael. So we're, we're in good shape here. No, it's because it's Kyler Murray first overall. But he will look cool, though, in Vegas. He's a cool guy. You yeah. know what else is cool? Being part of the Circle K Inner Circle. Uh, it's a free Inner Circle app right now via Circle K, the Circle K app. Because Circle K, didn't know if you know this or not, America's thirst stop. And we get thirsty here in the desert. New free membership program. It's going to let you save up to 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. doesn't stop there. As cheap as gas is right now with our friends at Circle K, you're going to save three cents per gallon every single day you're a member of the Inner Circle. And uh, how about this? Every six free selection on Circle K products like pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, and more. I can't wait to load up on Circle K snacks and beverages ahead of tomorrow's Senior Bowl. And in the meantime, head on over to Circle K, the Circle K app today. Download it for free and become a member 
of the inner circle. If you don't know where Circle K is, just check them out online, circlek.com slash store dash locator, Bo, for more details. The Phoenix Suns are putting the finishing touches on a East Coast swing. They're going to be back in Phoenix on the 6th with a big matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis, Doc Rivers, one of uh, Saul's least favorite co- coaches in this league. Is it? I thought you didn't like Doc. No, I just like to make fun of his <laughs> oh, voice. There you go. I knew it's you, all right. You it's just right. wanted me to bring up Doc. <laughs> I like the ball, that's all. You can get in the door, though, to see that finals rematch uh, for 59 bucks with the GameTime app. Use the code PHNX when you download the GameTime app and you sign up for free. Use that code PHNX to get 20 bucks off. Also, are we doing the Vegas 100 as well, where Vegas 100 will get you 100 bucks off? The big game. Download the Game Time app. Enter the code Vegas100. You get $100 off tickets to the big game if you're going to Vegas. Uh, PHNX, 20 bucks off your first purchase. So you got a couple different options there. You want to go to the big game and see the final game of the NFL season, or do you want to get 20 bucks off your first purchase if you're going to a Suns game, going to see the Yotes, you're going to maybe see Sun Devil Hoops down the street, or if you're down in Tucson and you want to watch U of A take on Stanford, you can use the Game Time app and try to get tickets to any local concert or event and the Game Time app. Download it. Use that promo code PHNX or Vegas 100. You guys are crushing it in the chat. Drop a like on this video. Subscribe to PHNX Sports here on YouTube. Big thank you, Bo Brock, Damon Dog, for their outstanding coverage this week at the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And it got me thinking, you know, we talked about a lot of players, a lot of prospects this week. Let's do some condensing here and mm-hmm. throw it back to our regular season promotion graphic trending up trending down with the fellas and i'll save my thoughts for trending down but both <laughs> i think you'll like who we selected for trending up this week uh specifically on the line of scrimmage there yeah i love this list and you started off with tyler guyton the tackle out of oklahoma a guy picking spreads was saying hey let's cool it on the, on the tyler guyton uh hype train but i disagree i think tyler guyton did exactly what he needed to do this week he's shown us probably the most athletic tackle in this draft six seven he's a converted you know defensive line uh, end player and he's he's just massive and, and he held up against some really impressive edge players out there in mobile I think the secret's out, and it's unfortunate for the Cardinals because I don't think he's going to be close to 27. I mean, I, I, listen, Tyler Guyton is fantastic, and so are the other guys on this list. Listen, Jackson Powers Johnson, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I just, I thought this week, he obviously showed out. He made a lot of money this week, uh, but his flexibility to be either a guard or a center mm-hmm. is is going to be something that the Cardinals should definitely take a look at because they want some interior line help as well. It's not just the tackle position. So I, I was a big fan of how he performed this week. Um, you know, he's just, he's a real smart player, but he's athletically He's he's flexible and is especially in his own power scheme. Like I, I really do think that uh, we're, we're going to call him JPJ. Oh yeah, let's call him JPJ. Like <laughs> I, I'm you, a big fan. Would you take him at 27 if he were available? No, I, I think he was. He's probably a second or third round pick in my opinion. But it, again, like if you like him that much, you could take him at 27, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't scoff at that. It's tough with how the dominoes could potentially fall. Like you look at premium positions there in the first round because of the fifth, fifth year option, right? But if you're pressed and you like the the position flexibility that JPJ has, uh, and you know Bo Nix was talking to him at the kind of the pre Senior Bowl press conference, and was he's a madman. He's yeah. JPJ just brings as much energy as you possibly can. Damon, you were watching him out there. He's just a ball of energy. 
Yeah, I mean, like in team drills, he's like hyping the team up after every play, going up to Bo Nix after every throw, you know, college teammate. It's like, you can get your arm up. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a big energy guy for sure. And you like that. I I think if you're looking for the successor for Yelda Froholt, who's under under contract, but like, I think he could be your Creed Humphrey if if you take him 35th overall. I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, turn my nose up at that. I mean, that's that's he is he's got to be Tyler Lindenbaum, Creed Humphrey for us to make that decision, but I think like you nailed it. They they have a, the option of a fifth year option with that pick 27. We brought this point up before. The teams that are typically picking at the end of the first round have their stuff together. The Cardinals do no. not currently. So like can they unlike Baltimore taking a Creed Humph, or excuse me, Tyler Lindenbaum late. Can they afford to take a non-premium position with everything else as a need? Defensive tackle, defensive line, pass rusher, cornerback. Uh, to me, it's like you take the best player and you figure it out, but can you get him at 35? Could you trade back into the first round? Could you trade down and get a couple more picks? I think he's going to go first round. If, 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 if the dust settles and he has a tremendous combine, I'm already seeing people talking about Best interior offensive lineman, those guys typically go in the first round. Sometimes they go as high as, as in the late teens, early 20s. So yeah. the, the Cardinals are going to have to weigh it. If he's a, let's say he's the 18th best player on their board versus, you know, uh, the number four corner, like you're going to have to weigh that against each other. And I, again, like it's, it's a good problem to have, but it comes with the territory of whatever Houston got you into now with, with pick 27 that we're considering an interior offensive lineman. Well, if you don't it, it, listen, if if uh, if JPJ isn't your flavor because you don't want to pick him at twenty seven, I got one other guy. Yeah. Okay, uh, that I'm a big fan of too, Christian Haynes out of UConn. Mm. Uh, he he was phenomenal, and if you ever if you watch some of the tape uh, that these guys got, uh, specifically uh, some other outlets had some real close up. He was murdering dudes from LSU and Alabama. Like nice. just manhandling them, very physical. Um, but he's definitely an interior lineman. He doesn't have the athletic ability to play tackle um, at this late, and he doesn't have the measurables to play tackle. To yeah. be honest with you, so I think I think on the interior, again, uh, kind of he can play guard. He played guard mostly at UConn. He can play center as well. Uh, so I, I do kind of I veer towards if you were going to replace Froholt at some point. I'd like somebody that has a little bit of game experience uh, on the interior line that can just maybe shift over to play center at some point, as opposed to just a pure center. Um, So like, I'm a big fan of Christian Haynes. I think he's, he's got a lot of versatility. Um, And again, you're talking about a a zone blocking scheme. Uh, That's, that's the kind of guy that you would want. He's very athletic in that regard. We were big on Haynes. He, he was the the consensus top guard in this draft yeah. out of UConn. Uh, and then you get out there and you see him standing next to Guyton, who is a true tackle, and, and then Haynes is, is a true guard, no doubt about it. He was voted the best offensive lineman by the defense uh, for the American team at the wow. Super Bowl by the defensive line, uh, the defensive line and the linebackers uh, today. So, like they they saw how good he was uh, during the week as well. It's a special offensive line quarterback class. You just you have to dip your toe in at both of those positions, in my opinion, as a mandate with with two of these first three picks. You want to get nuts with with the other one. You want to take a corner or an edge rusher, but lean into the strength of this draft. And the, we know where the strength lies. And I also just you know to the people who want alignment over Marvin Harrison Jr. Why I think that's crazy. I can't understand the notion of Kyler Murray's been hurt every year he's been in the NFL. And if, if he's hurt next year, you're not going to win many games, if at all. So you, you want to do your best to protect him. 
Um, will these guys be protecting him? Trending well, hold up, on. Trending. Okay. We didn't hit Quinion Mitchell. Oh, we did. On your trending up, a guy you know who there was a lot of discussion. Obviously, he was the top corner there, and he needed to prove against you know higher competition as a guy who well, went to I think Toledo. Kalen King was in contention for that sure. top corner spot. Yeah. But- Quinion Mitchell really proved himself. Quinion Mitchell. He the biggest riser this week, Bo, do you think? I mean, Guyton did a lot of good for himself. Um, I don't know, man. This, I this, mean, JPJ did yeah. did as well. Um, but you and, think and about it, where Quinion Mitchell was projected to go before this week to now? I, I mean, mean, they're talking like top corner in the class. Yeah. And like we we talked to him, and we're gonna have that interview uh, up on its own tomorrow, and you can watch Quinion Mitchell, and he talks about some Cardinals and Buda Baker, and uh, but I mean, he just loved to compete. Like I I said, what was your favorite part about this week? And he said, going up against Roman Wilson from Michigan, and we just had some battles, and I can't wait to you know go out there for the third day of the practice and and show out and finish this and cap my week off strong. Like he he was saying all the right things because he knows you know how much money he can make and, and what he can do for himself. Uh kid that, you know, out of the state of Florida that went to Toledo to just get an opportunity to play D1, and now he's got a chance to go play at the NFL level. Like, he's hungry, and, yeah. and you have to like that, the competitiveness at that position. He took some money out of the pocket of Kool-Aid, McKinstry, and other guys <laughs> like that, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was phenomenal this week. Um, he's going to move up. I don't know if you – listen – when you look at the tape and you look at the measurables and then you get to the combine, you start to talk to these guys, things are going to shift. Things are going to change. You don't know what you're going to get, but uh, Quinion Mitchell has definitely made a lot of money this week. And so if you were thinking about him somewhere in the twenties, you're yeah. probably a lot more solidified in that, if not higher. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would be shocked if he got past pick 20. I, I feel like the only question now is the competition level, but We've seen, I think, cornerback. I mentioned Sauce Gardner the other day. Dominique Rogers Cromartie once upon a time. A corner is a translatable skill where it's like these guys maybe are underdeveloped initially. You don't have you know great high school facilities or great high school tape, and they just they don't pop until later. He looks every bit like if if he had an LSU Tiger on the side of his helmet, and we'd be talking about him as like, oh, is that guy going to go top ten? But I really Mm -hmm. just think it's. I, I have a stigma. It's like the what, this guy went to Toledo. No way I'm going to use a top 20 pick on him. But he he I think to me, he is the player that gained the most steam just from a 5000 foot view on Twitter online this week. Like, yeah, this this guy's got it. And, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, trending down. I put these players on this list. Nobody get offended. Nobody get mad. <laughs> I don't want to dog on college kids. However, it's a tough here week for some of these girls. Oh, All right. So here, let me just say this. We already dogged on Bo Nix. Bo Nix, who I think is bound for mid-day two, maybe late-day two of the NFL draft. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think Bo Nix is going in the first round. I think especially when we see private workouts, combine pro days, they see the rag on arm on display. He's like 100 years old, right? He has maxed out his athletic ability. There's a place for him in the NFL. He, it's, this is this is this is Josh or uh, Brandon Whedon 2.0 with with a worse arm. So if you if you take him high, you deserve to get fired. Um, so Jordan Morgan, unfortunately, unfortunately, this, that, that little tirade was from a guy who says, "I don't want to, I don't want to trash college kids," and then just <laughs> proceeds to just dismantle. Yeah, I remember they're out of school and they're fair game now. They're professionals. They 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 put their 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 quiz books down and now now they, they're ready for the heat. I like Jordan Morgan a lot. I liked him a lot more before this week, and then we started to hear whispers. 
really navigated by Bowen Damon this week that his his arms are small. And if his arms are small, the Cardinals are not going to take him to play tackle at 27. I don't think he I think he could still go in the first round. I, I hope he has a great career. But I if you were to ask me before this week, I, I would have said he's my co-favorite player to be there at 27 next to Jerzon Newton. The arm size is a concern. You to play, ta- to play tackle in the NFL, Bo, you have to have long arms, or you're going to get worked by the Chandler Joneses once upon a time in the world who are long, who can dominate. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't think that this takes him out of the equation as far as being drafted close, if not in the end of the first round and early second round. And Tony Pauline, as we talked to him, like when we were getting into Mobile, Damon was just going down his phone at all the official measurements at the senior bowl in mobile. Mm-hmm. And we, that stood out. It was what 32 and an eighth as far as how long his arms are. Are we Morgan? I think yeah, it was 32 uh, and seven eighths, right? Seven eighths, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want to be somewhere around 34 inches as far as arms length. That's the, that's the shortest you want him to be at the tackle position, but he, he still looks the part to me. He still looks like an yeah, NFL he's six, player six. on the offensive line. Um, and I, you know, whether he has to bump inside I, but like, does it take him? He's trending down in the sense he's not. He's probably a fringe first rounder to the outside looking in of the first round, and and that's not a bad place to be in, considering you know he he was on some played in some tough times down in Tucson. So for him to be a part of the team that he was a part of, and then now to be in Mobile, and then now to be in the conversation of first round pick, it's pretty incredible. Uh, he dominated UCLA and your boy on the edge. So I don't give a shit <laughs> what he did. I, yeah, Latu. Okay. Yeah, he dominated him. Dominated him. So, like, I don't care. And Latu is phenomenal. Like, I would take him He was fantastic tomorrow. this yeah. week. And yeah. it, it, Had he, he not gotten hurt, he would have been on my list, for sure. Exactly. But, like, again, Jordan Morgan held up very, very well against him. And so, I listen, you can talk about the measurables. You could talk about, you know, his arm size and call him T- T-Rex arms or whatever you want to call him. <laughs> but the guy performed on the field, and he performed uh, for a large part for uh, two years of teams that were shit at the University of Arizona, and he was the one bright spot. So I don't care about that. I really don't care. He's still a stud to me. I'm looking at that. He, that was the highest highest graded game he had all season was against Latu and Thank UCLA. You. 91.1. But but if game tape doesn't matter to you, Johnny, then don't I worry about it. Don't that. worry about he's it. A That's fo- fine. That's he's fine. a football player. He's a football player. Uh, if you if I, you like a house, right, and you walk in and you're like, this house is beautiful. I want to buy this house. But then do you get your tape measure out and then just make sure that everything is up to the specific <laughs> no, but you standards that you have? If they, don't, if they don't have eight-foot ceilings or six-foot ceilings and instead you're walking in there and I'm like mm, this is a little tighter than I thought. They looked a little bit bigger. That his arms look longer on TV. Oh, these 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 photos of these houses look better on Zillow in person. I gotta take a I gotta double check. Johnny, Johnny, what do you always check. what do you always say? You always say you want ass kickers, right? Yeah. And Jordan Morgan is an ass kicker. But okay. if you want to go to you know whatever fairy fuck state and go <laughs> yeah. get your measurables handed down to you, that's fine. Go yeah. get them. I. It, it's, I, it was strange to me like to, to hear the feedback on Morgan and then continue, then look out on the field and see him up close. And it's just like, man, people are saying that that's not a foot. That's not a football player. It's crazy to me. Like, I mean, it, but I guess, I mean, they've, they've got data that, that tells you what the length needs, but if he needs to bump inside to be successful, I can see him do it. He's an athletic kid for his size. And that's what he told me straight up. He's like, I want to prove that I'm one of the most athletic guys out here, not just at the, at his position. I would take him at 27. I'd take him at 35. I, I, when we were talking about it after Tony Pauline was pretty emphatic, 
that he would have to kick to guard. I'm like, I don't know if the Cardinals will. They have a type. Like the type that they showed is Paris. Well, Johnson they had talked to him at that at the time. You right, know, and I, that was another thing where it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna throw him a bone and talk to him. You're in his flipping state. I, Go talk to him. I have don't a, think. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I don't think. No, the Cardinals, I hope they meet with him at the combine too. Go and have a discussion with him. I don't think the Cardinals are gonna draft Jordan Morgan. I I, I, I feel confident in saying that because I I think Monty has a type yeah he sticks to it huh? and he sticks to it he's not going to budge at all if you don't match up listen money has his own measurables i'm convinced of that and i don't think jordan morgan for whatever reason fits into that box that yeah. that money wants so he's going to go look otherwise and i think the other guys that we mentioned today uh, especially on the interior line listen i don't think jordan morgan is going to fare well in the nfl on the interior i just hmm. don't i don't think that he's he's got the ability to be able to be as flexible and nimble and, and, and really fast enough to be able to pull as a guard um, uh, around other, other, other players. I just don't, I think Jordan Morgan is better suited on the outside. If you don't think he has the measurables to, to fit up there, then, then don't take him. And I don't think Monty will. Yeah. I, I think in a perfect world, he can come in and be a, a right guard for 10 years in the NFL. And, and when I, he's I in the hall of fame, 20 years from now, you can, you can remember this conversation. <laughs> I will, have. I will feel very dumb. Completely uh, biased I'm, I'm conversation right here. I know who, who, who else did you have? What was your third guy? I had Tez Walker. Everything I read about Tez Walker this week was, he was a little bit up and down. Hmm. What, what, what was your assessment of the North Carolina pass catcher who missed some time this past year? He had a lot of hype coming into 2023. He's in a loaded receiver class. Like, is this a guy that's probably going to be looked at day, late day three now, or excuse me, late day two. I think he was a victim of just better wide receiver performances this week in Mobile. Yeah. Like there were just guys that really, really popped on film. Like Lad McConkey, he was on the other team, but he was out there just shredding guys, running routes. And I think Xavier Leggett from South Carolina finally kind of came around. And like Brandon Rice was, I think, one of the guys who was consistently lauded as having the best week in Mobile. Because wow. he wasn't like super productive at, at USC, but you know pedigrees there right his dad who, who dame and i were 10 feet from jerry rice the, the greatest wide receiver of all never time heard of him yeah i've never heard of that guy <laughs> he was out there and he's a big he's, he's six three he, he's got good size and i think he showed the physicality that people were like does he have it or not certainly had it on full display and he went up with against quinion mitchell a couple times um just it was, it was super competitive out there uh austin romano johnny what about kyler if we're criticizing Jordan Morgan, I'm assuming because of Kyler's height. But I here's the thing about Kyler. Kyler's the exception. He's the exception to the rule. Like normally, like if, if you're starting a franchise and you're looking at quarterbacks, you're looking for a guy that's 6'4 with a big, strong arm. And you're, you're usually not, you know, looking at the guy that's 5'10", but is just an unbelievable athlete. Kyler is just, he can transcend what the, what the true trends are, but like to do it with Jordan, start doing that with Jordan Morgan. I don't know if that's something that Monty Austin Fort's willing to do at this point in the rebuild. Like if they're, if they're truly picking 27th overall down the line and it's their pick and it's because they finished where you need to finish to be 27th overall in the divisional round, then you can look at a guy like Jordan Morgan and, and take that chance. But when you're rebuilding and you need to get the, the most talent you possibly can at this point and kind of, wear that out, then I don't think you can take that risk. 
I, I have a question for for Bo and, and Damon since they were there. I, I have I have three guys that I've also thought stood out, but you guys have talked about Tavon J. Sweat, so I, we don't need to bring him up. Mm-hmm. But um, Darius Robertson on the outside, Mizzou, mm-hmm. um, he had eight and a half sacks this year. He was he was really good on the edge, um, but he he's good on the the outside and the inside. He's got a lot of a lot of good moves. So I wanted to know how how he looked. Um, out there at Senior Bowl because there was a lot of praise for him as well. Yeah, everybody loved Robinson. He was a fast riser this week. Gabe Hall from Baylor. And that was one of the things I told Damon when we were wrapping up coverage there was I felt real confident that the Cardinals were going to be able to find multiple players on the defensive line. Like there's no guys that – there's no Aaron Donald in this class, right? And there very rarely is. There's no Chris Jones. There's no like franchise defensive tackle. But there's guys that you can add to a rotation and that they can can play a role really well. And like Robinson's versatility, I think that that's something like uh, Dante Stills could – would be appealing to the Arizona Cardinals for their rotation. And also very good against the run. So I just want to say that. And then this is – man, this is – Listen, don't frame me as a Steve Kime clone, okay, when I say <laughs> this name. But I think this player, you know, in the later rounds can give you tremendous value oh, and versatility. Here's, here's the oh, undersized hey, wide receiver. Hey, hey, okay. In later rounds, I'm saying, <laughs> hey, fifth, sixth, seventh, maybe you take a flyer on this kid. I'm just saying he had a really good week. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Dylan Laub. From New oh, Hampshire. Man. I'm going to let go. Damon now take we're, this. We're speaking my language. There we go, Damon. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I, I made a, uh, I'm making a quick like trending up list, just like people maybe we haven't talked about yet. And that was the first name I wrote down. Johnny, uh, do you know where J- Dylan Lobb went to college? Uh, I, I do not. Where'd he go? New Hampshire. Try, mm. baby. Listen, versatility, he could be a third down back, can play in the slot, can play in the bunch sets. He like cooking. Yeah. I, he made a lot of dudes look stupid out there this week. He was really Linebackers could not cover him. Yeah, no, his his uh, receiving ability was really, really good. What, what was the little nugget you gave me while we were watching him? Because you're like, hey, watch this uh, running back from New Hampshire. I'm like, the fuck I he will. Had <laughs> <laughs> he had 300 receiving yards yeah. in a single football game this year. From the running back position. That's that's really impressive. I mean, for, new, uh, for what school? New Hampshire? Yeah. They have a football program? Yeah, <laughs> I can look good in that conference. Go play in a real conference. I don't want to hear inflate. Andy Isabella led the college football coming out of UMass in receiving yards, not an NFL player. Okay. I, I don't, that's, head, that's fine. You want to do, you want to dick around and wipe your ass with, with picks on day three, do that. Steve Dude, Kimes I'm not style. talking about taking him in the third round over a guy like DK Metcalf. Yeah. They've got I'm, 12 picks. I'm talking about in the fifth or sixth round. If he's still there on the board, why if, not? If, Dil- if Dylan Loeb is rocking a Cardinal uniform this year, I, I will turn in my PHNX Jersey and just no. say, there's no, there's no <laughs> way. Somebody who is on your size and played the running back Dylan position Loeb. like you like Dylan Laub, like is the extension of Johnny Venerable playing on an NFL football field. Like I don't you want me celebrate in the NFL. That. You don't want me in the NFL. <laughs> I want. Look, have you seen the Cardinals roster? They can't afford. They took a, a defensive tackle from a Power Five school last year in the sixth round, and lo and behold, one of their one of their biggest gems of the last half decade. Do that again. Dylan Laub, running back, get out of here. Come on. We're not John, serious, are we? I, you guys are pranking me on a Friday afternoon. I, I, was, I, I was right about Trey McBride, and you I will were. always live with that. Trey uh, McBride, Pac-12. I'm telling you, if Dylan, if Dylan Loeb is there in the fifth round. Oh, my God, no. He will be, a, he will be an Arizona Cardinal. I if Dylan Loeb is there as an undrafted free agent, 
he will not be an Arizona Cardinal. <laughs> if Dylan Lowe makes it past Mr. Irrelevant, he will work at Whole Foods. You don't like third down starting? I'm not a hater picking spreads. You are. We, just, we need to have a motto. The Cardinals need a motto. Like Notre Dame has be great today or win that, whatever it is, their stupid motto. It should just say draft power five players today. That's what it should be. Draft guys that are over six foot that were elite in power five conferences, please. Running back's different though. He's five yeah. ten. He's well sized for running back. There's small school running yeah. backs that show up every single year that are good players. Five ten, two oh seven. That's fine. I mean, that's back. that's like an inch and a half shorter than James Conner. Lunch pail guy. So basically James Conner, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, listen. So I believe we are talking to next week. Yep. I think we can reveal that. Uh, Radio Rose, Saul and I are going to be out first half of the week. Johnny's going to join us on the back half. Also, expected to talk to Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Michael Wilson to name a couple of the guests. They're going to join us on Radio Row in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Coverage conti- or begins on Monday. You don't want to miss it. We're going to be out there. We uh, we are going to kill it next week. There's a lot of content coming your way. If you didn't or if you're not familiar with what we did last year, I mean, Jesus, I think we had like some like 30 hours worth of coverage out there with the, all the video that we took. And uh, uh, I, I do listen. I, I do want to say this. I hope I have the opportunity to see Drew Brees because I want to apologize to him for what I did to him last year. I did not mean to do that, but uh, I'm excited. Let's do it. Well, what you did was he was going to say hi to Pat McAfee, and you escorted Pat McAfee off to our show, our program, as they would say. And Drew Brees was sitting there kind of left in the dust. Well, Pat McAfee joined PH Next Cardinals and became a friend. Hey, listen, man, I was was on a mission. I needed to get Pat McAfee on your show, and I did. (laughs) It was a special, special week last year. Frank Caliendo, Pat McAfee, Patrick Peterson. We had a nice conversation with him for about two minutes before he bolted. You never know who <laughs> might show up on Radio Row. Uh, so Songball are going to be holding it down with Damon Dog Monday through Wednesday. I will be there Thursday and Friday. But we're always around at gophnx.com. Become a diehard. Pick up a free hat and or T-shirt. Every single year you are a diehard. Boom, you get it. It's in the mail. It's some of the best year you can pick up at the PHNX Merchandise Locker, and you get everything on the website for free. 90% is for free. You get that sweet, sweet 10% from our guy, Gerald Borgay, Craig Morgan, Jesse Freeman and company, all of that and more. Go phnx.com. Plus, we've got exclusive content coming on our PHNX Cardinals Die Hard Discord that you can't find anywhere else, live Q&As, mock drafts, and more, and exclusive content coming from the Super Bowl week. Next week, I know my guy Bo and Damon, they're going to be dropping exclusives only in that Discord. So get on it today, Bo. I think we need to get just a thing going on in the Discord where you can just tell people to stop following their dreams and you can just cut them down. And just <laughs> just like you are with these college athletes today, these football players, you say they can't do it. Tell, Ask them what their dreams are and then you tell them why they can't do it. Here. I have uh, Ken Weber saying, I just became a diehard. Thank you so much, Ken. Yes, Welcome Ken. to the family. We appreciate you, my guy. Ken, Ken, is the, Ken is the legend that sent us a pack of Capri Suns to the studios because oh, wow. Johnny infamously, went, during a serious conversation about the Cardinals, just raises a Capri Sun and takes a sip <laughs> as I was making it a point. It might have been the day all that stuff about <laughs> Michael Bidwell came yeah, out. Was, we, had to, we had to keep it light. Uh, <laughs> Ken so, saying, I, so I can hate like Johnny. Uh, I'm not crushing kids' dreams here. I think the Cardinals, they once upon a time c- could do this. 
their roster is in a point where like five, 10 running backs out of New Hampshire. I just think <laughs> they could go a different direction. I hope he succeeds with a different, like go to have him go to Kansas city, have him go to a, a, a place where they can afford to do that. Cardinals, even with a late round pick. That's just my opinion though. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for the, this week. Big thanks to everybody that tuned into our coverage from the Super Bowl. Big thanks to our guy, Coach Stark Homes. If you're looking and are in the market for a home, check out CoachStarkHome.com. Follow him on social media as well. Next time we talk to you is going to be from Sin City, Vegas, baby. When's showtime? 12? 12 o'clock. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be on 12 from Vegas. Can't wait for it. In between that, have a great weekend. Check out Suns postgame tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight. Check out the PHNX Check Suns the post game right and more right here. Subscribe to PHNX Sports. Talk to you soon.